I don't know about you all, but have you found yourself seeing, saying things like, if only I had more time? Yes? Um, or, geesh, the world just seems to go faster and faster and faster. There's never enough time in the day. Yes? Um, I found myself saying that yesterday um, because we had been gone all week, and I'm like, I need more time to work on this sermon. Where am I going to get more time? Of course, Deb reminded me that um, I never have enough time to finish up my sermon. I'm always working on it up until the last moment, and if you gave me two extra hours, still at the end of that time, I would tell you, I didn't have enough time, and I needed more. Yes? Sometimes I even ask God, can you make the rest of the world stop so I can have two hours to catch up? Yes? Yeah. Um, he, he hasn't answered that prayer yet, at least to the best of my knowledge. Uh, but, but we all seem to have, especially in our Western society, um, we, we have this uh, struggle, this challenge with time. We seem to have this idea that we don't have enough time. And yet time is the great equalizer, isn't it? I mean, God gave each of us 24 hours each day to spend as we choose, right? He gave us 60 minutes each hour and 60 seconds each minute. And that's what we get. And so apparently that is time enough to do what God calls us to do. It is time enough to be who God calls us to be. Now, there's a problem with me doing this sermon today. Um, there are probably other people maybe that are more qualified to do this. And so, um, and, and I, what I mean by that is um, I am far from figuring this out. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you I've got a lot of work to do when it comes to time because I always find myself thinking there's just not enough time to do everything that I want to do. And yet, Scripture reminds me of a different story. And so today, we're going to read a few Scriptures. This could be interesting with one hand. First of all, I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15 and 16. This is what Paul says to the Ephesians church. He says, Be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity um, because these are evil times. We hear this passage, we realize that the issue that we have is not that we don't have enough time. And we hear passages like this, and, and we think, so maybe the issue is, is that we just need to organize our time better. We just need to manage our time better. And there's, there's hundreds, probably thousands of books that are written to tell us how to organize our time better and to manage our time better. But see, 
while it is important for us to use the time that we have wisely, I think the issue that we have, it's not that we don't have enough time, and it's not even that we just don't manage or organize. I think the issue goes deeper. And so let's listen to what the uh, psalmist has to say in Psalms chapter 90, beginning in verse 12. Teach us to number our days so that we can have a wise heart. Come back to us, Lord, please, quick. Have some compassion for your servants. Fill us full every morning with your faithfulness so we can rejoice and celebrate our whole life long. Make us happy for the same amount of time that we have been afflicted for the same number of years that we saw trouble. Let your acts be seen by your servants. Let your glory be seen by your children. Let the kindness of the Lord our God be over us. Make the work of our hands last. Make the work of our hands last. And then let's read this passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Um, This one probably is one of the most familiar passages of Scripture. Up until this point, the, um, the teacher in Ecclesiastes has kind of concluded that neither work or education or pleasure uh, can give meaning to life. And, and so um, he begins in chapter 3 here to share what he has discovered, and this is what he says. There's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting, and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time to kill, and a time for healing, a time for tearing down, and a time for building up, a time for crying, and a time for laughing, a time for mourning, and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones, and a time for gathering stones. A time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces. A time for searching and a time for losing. A time for keeping and a time for throwing away. A time for tearing and a time for repairing. A time for keeping silent and a time for speaking. A time for loving and a time for hating. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from all their hard work? I have observed the task that God has given human beings. God has made everything fitting in its time, but has also placed eternity in their hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for them but to enjoy themselves and do what's good while they live. Moreover, this is the gift of God, that all people should eat, drink, and enjoy the results of their hard work. I know that whatever God does will not last forever. It's impossible to add to it or take away from it. God has done this so that people are reverent before him. Whatever happens has already happened, and whatever will happen has already happened before God. And God looks after what is driven away. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. As I looked at these passages and I think about time this week, 
it becomes apparent our problem is not that we don't have enough. Our, our problem is not even that we don't organize it or manage it well, but if you're like me, certainly we struggle with that. The issue that we have with time is much deeper and much more complex, it seems to me. It seems that it begins with our view of time. In Western society, we tend to view time as a resource, as a resource to be used to accomplish or to perform or to achieve or to do something, uh, to achieve a goal. We tend to think of time only in that sense. And yet, I think Scripture uh, challenges us to think of time as a gift from God. Not just as a resource that we use to accomplish or to be or to get more done. But it is a gift from God that has been given to us to enjoy and to share with God and one another. It is this gift that God has given us so that we might be in relationship with him and with other people. I think the other mistake that we often make when we think about time is even within Christian circles, we, we talk about heaven and eternity, and sometimes we think that our time here is insignificant. We think that our time here is just time that we endure or struggle or seek to wait until we reach heaven's shores. And yet, in these passages and other passages, uh, we are told that our time, even though it may be a small in regards to all of eternity, that our time here is important and that our time here, we have been called to participate in God's eternal purposes. We have been shaped and formed and gifted in such a way that we can participate in God's purposes to offer hope and healing and wholeness to the people that we encounter, to the time and space in which we inhabit. And so uh, time is not uh, just something that we endure, but indeed it is a place in which we participate with God in his purposes. Now the other thing I think as I think about time is when we talk about time, we often see time just in relationship to uh, the clock and the calendar. Um, we become slaves, in fact, often to our, our calendars and our uh, uh, schedules. And yet, as I listen and I read Scripture, there are other ways to think about time rather than just in regards to uh, this linear thing that moves down the road. In fact, much of Scripture talks about times in relation to the festivals that were celebrated every year. See, time can also be thought of in terms of events, in terms of seasons. And in fact, I think a part of what the teacher in Ecclesiastes is trying to emphasize to us in regards to time is that uh, life itself has seasons. There are much, there is much of life 
that we don't have control of, if we're honest with ourselves, right? There's much of life in, in which we know what the cycles of life are. We know that life involves birth and death. We know that life involves sickness and health. We know that it involves war and peace. And yet, we can't control always when those times are, can we? There are seasons of time. And so another way to think about time is that there is a right time and place to do certain things. There are right things to do at the appropriate time. And so we can also think of time as simply doing the right thing at the right time. And so as we, as we hear um, these passages and think this day, I think we are encouraged to see time as a gift. We are encouraged to see time as, as something that we do and invest in, in participating in God's eternal purposes. And we are encouraged to think about time in terms of doing the appropriate thing at the appropriate time. So, so how is it that we go about making the most of our time? How is it that we uh, live our lives wisely? Well, it seems to me that the psalmist and the teacher say that the most important thing in aligning our time, it's not to be busier. It's not to cram more things into a 24-hour period. It's not even about being more efficient with our time. I mean, look at Jesus' own life. Um, think about the, the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus stops at, at noonday to encounter this one woman and to engage this woman, uh, to spend time getting to hear her story and share and to make a difference in her life. Wouldn't it have been more efficient and more productive if Jesus had just gone into town and he could have healed hundreds and thousands of people? And yet, Jesus knew at that time and at that place the most important thing for him to do was to take time to be with that person in that place as long as she needed him to be there so that he could touch the very depths of her soul and that she might be transformed. And so you see, um, it's not always about being busier or cramming more in or being more efficient, but it is about creating rhythms that, that allow us to enjoy the time that God has given us as we participate in his mission and his purpose. Don't miss that both in the psalmist and in the teacher's, uh, the, the teacher's writing that they emphasize that God indeed created us to enjoy life. Sometimes I wonder if as Christians that we really believe that. I wonder if sometimes we get this impression that God just created us so that he could tell us to just go do this and go do that. 
But the reality is that God created us to be in joyful relationship with Him. God created us to be in relationship with one another. He created us to enjoy life. And yet, what does the teacher tell us? The teacher tells us uh, that when we go and we seek the joy of life in, in the things that we do, or the things that we gather, or our position, or our status, when we do those things apart from God, we don't find the joy and the satisfaction and the contentment that we seek. What the great teacher learned was that those wonderful gifts of God, they don't bring the joy and contentment without the presence of God. In other words, regardless of what season that we find ourselves in, the most important thing that we can do is to remain connected to God. And we do that, right? We all know how we do that. We do that through prayer and through scriptures and through worship and through meditation and through solitude. But we also do that if you, if you participate in the 60, 60 challenge. We also can do that every moment and every hour by simply being reminded of God's presence with us. It seems as if the psalmist and the teacher learned that if we are to make the most of life, if we are to make the most of the time that we have, we need to remain connected to God. We need to invite God into our time and spend time with God. Now, that does not mean that we have to spend every hour reading Scripture, it doesn't even mean, so um, let's see, Pastor, um, if I pray for 30 minutes and I read Scripture for 15 and I participate in worship um, an hour, um, I, that's it, right? Good. Or, or do I need to do more? Being connected to God is not just going through rituals, but it is about the quality of the relationship that we develop. And when we spend that time with God, then we can discern how to best spend the rest of the time that we have. It allows us to stay connected, to be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit, to live in Jesus and to allow Jesus to live in and through us in all that we do. It allows us to discern where God is nudging us and where God guides us and directs us. It allows us to enjoy God's presence. It allows us to be reminded that when God looks upon us, He smiles and He laughs and He celebrates our existence. These are important things for us to remember. So what do we do with the rest of our time? It depends. Yes? It depends on what season of life you're in, doesn't it? 
especially for those who are a little bit older. Is that not true? Do you do the same things today that you did 30 years ago? No. Your priorities are different. The things you do to stay connected to God, the things we do to make a difference in life are, di- are different. And so it is important for us to discern the season within which we find ourselves. And then um, when we understand the season that we are in, to align and prioritize what we do so that we remain connected to God and so that we become the people God calls us to be and we participate in God's kingdom work the way God calls us to participate. Can I give you uh, uh, some, an example? Uh, when, um, when we had kids, when our kids were younger, any of you experienced that? Any of you living that now? We didn't have a lot of free time. Yeah? Maybe you all are better at this than, I, than, than we were. We didn't have a lot of free time. A- and, um, and so we had to be a bit creative in how we did things. But we knew... Actually, we weren't in church when we first had kids. It's when we had children that we realized we were in trouble. We could not do this alone. We, and we couldn't do it with just family either, as, as loving and wonderful as they were. Um, we needed some help from God. Yeah? That's how God got our attention. He gave us kids and said, here, you try to do this on your own for a while. And when we realized we couldn't, we realized, man, we, we need to get reconnected to God because we need a lot of help. A- and so we discovered that as we uh, reconnected with God, as we renewed our relationship with Christ, as we allowed the Spirit to work in us, we discovered that um, we, we, we would live. And so um, it called us to look at how we used our time. It called us to think about what was important in life. And and so um, for me, it it caused me to look at how I viewed work and what work was all about. I mean, you know, somebody's got to, you got to work so that you can put food on the table, right? Yes? Yes? But it doesn't mean that you have to work 20 hours a day, necessarily. Maybe for some people it does. Um, But it changed my view on work and my time. And I realized that uh, I heard other people tell stories uh, of how uh, they allowed the time of their children being younger to pass them by and that they wished that they had done more. And so I decided that my time needed to be prioritized, that when I wasn't traveling, which at that time was about, uh, about 50% of the weeks I traveled out of town, when I was in town, I made every effort to be at my children's events. 
as time allowed, well, I also learned with the help of my wife um, that doing a simple thing and um, setting aside six o'clock every evening to be at the dinner table could make a lot of difference in the lives of your family. I discovered if I had work that wasn't completed, I could do it later in the evening or I could do it early the next morning. But I learned it was important, because my family was important, to set aside and prioritize that time. Now, I also, as we were connected with the church, I wanted to serve and participate in God's missions and plans. And so we allowed time to teach high school and participate in disciple Bible study. And then as my kids got a little older, I, I um, felt drawn to help coach my daughter's softball team. Now, all of these things take up time. But what I discovered is that in the midst of doing those things, uh, that I could develop relationships with other people. I discovered that in the midst of doing those things, I could minister uh, and spend time with my family. I learned in the midst of those things that I could participate in God's purposes in the folks who were around me. Some days I look back and I'm not sure how we did everything that we did when our children were younger. But I know the most important thing that we did is that we remained connected to God. We cherished our Sunday morning worship together because we knew that as we drew closer to God, that it drew us closer to one another. We knew that that time that we spent with God made that the time that we spent with each other more enjoyable and more rewarding. We knew that the time that we spent with God enabled us to do the things that we did and to connect with other people so that we, in ways that we never really understood, were able to make a difference in their lives. And we were able to point them toward Christ. Now, I'm not interested in reliving those days. Bless those of you who are in the midst of those days now. We went on to another phase in life when, when um, I quit work and went to seminary. And in that phase, God nudged us in a different direction. Uh, God called me to create more margins and to do less to focus on studies, to focus on helping take care of the household, um, not, not cleaning the bathrooms, though. Cooking, little cleaning, very little, she says. Um, taking care of the kids as teenagers and getting them to where they needed to be, um, and just being there for the kids in the midst of a transition and move. 
But again, the first thing we did when we moved to seminary, of course, you're a seminary student. Hopefully, you find a church to attend, right? Although, unfortunately, I know many seminary students who um, didn't participate in a, a church or a congregation. But you see, uh, the point is, is that depending on the season that we are in, we prioritize our time differently. And yet, we prioritize our time in such a way uh, that we are connected to God. We prioritize our time so that we can enjoy life with God. And regardless of what season we're in, it is important for us to take time to reflect and to look beyond our current circumstances and our routine and always to be asking ourselves, am I connected well with God? Am I using the time that I have in ways to love God and to love others and to do that which God has called me to do? Am I listening for the voice of God so that I might discern the season, that I might discern the right thing to do at this time and this place, so that I might spend time wisely aligned with God and God's timing, so that indeed I might enjoy the gift of time and relationships that God has given me? And in doing so, I can be confident. I can be confident that when I do that, that I can truly make a difference in the lives of other people. And I don't have to be stressed out about it. I can enjoy life and still do the work of God. Do you all believe that? I can enjoy life and still do the work of God. In fact, when people ask me how things are going at Cameron United Methodist Churches, at Cameron United Methodist Church, um, I don't tell them um, what the numbers are. I don't tell them what the giving is. You know what I tell them? I tell them that Kobe and I are having a blast. We are having the time of our life in the place where we are. Because we are excited about what the Spirit is doing here. We are excited about the potential and the difference that you all can make in this community and this world as we seek together to connect with God, to enjoy doing life and ministry with God, having a confidence that when we do that, we will truly make a difference in the lives of other people. May it be so this day and every day. Amen.